Hey guys, Cash and Olivia here from Livefit Performance. Today's podcast is on performance and how to peak specifically for performance. Yeah, so in any um, sport or event or goal where you need to be specifically performing at your in your optimal state, it's really important to consider um, and program, which is basically just means pre-plan on how you're going to optimize basically every little factor leading into that event to make sure that you um yeah are going to perform at your best yeah really awesome thanks Liv. um one of the big things for me is uh specifically for strength sports is programming weight and load and resistance leading up to a meet or a event or competition so Obviously, your body can't perform at 100%, 100% of the time, so you've got to be able to give it a reasonable amount of load to still progress, but not so much you're going to break yourself. You're going to, like, the way I look at it is like putting money into the bank, right? You can only put it in, you can only spend as much as you put in. So when it comes down to load, the amount of load that you're putting in, um, and then you're trying to push back out in ways that you're lifting, um, you don't want that to be in... A deficit so you want to be consistent all the way through yeah exactly does that make sense yeah and there are some freaks of nature who can kind of max out every time and then go into a comp and still max out but when it comes to as a general guiding principle exactly what you said you want to be hitting numbers and this is the same thing if it's not a strength sport if it's any other sport, you want to be putting enough input or a stimulus that your body's still performing at a high enough level. But in the and in the sporting world, sporting world, it's called a taper, where you're going to bring back the usually the volume, but it can be a bit of intensity as well, and really prime your body, give it a little bit of like relative rest, so that when you go to perform. You've got those extra um, energy reserves. You've got the mental. You've had a bit of um, got gotten rid of a bit of mental fatigue, all that kind of stuff, and you're really primed to. How would you would you like to talk about? Because if you don't know much about Livia, she um, has competed in high levels of netball and triathlons and swimming. Um, so, what's some things you want to use for triathlons? Peeking into that. Before races. That was definitely. And probably got a bit more experience with um, like my netball um, and netball carnivals, but even with the triathlons, especially like a week leading into, you're going to bring your load down um, a fair bit and just go into some more like tempo. And this is, again, this is what worked for me. Um, you still want to be in like the pool, going for a run and jogging, but you don't want to. Um, be hidden at the intensity. You want to give your body that a bit of time, and I found with um, like and with netball as well, where it's more of an endurance, like aerobic um, event, even though it's got anaerobic components, especially netball carnivals. Looking at your nutrition leading in, so where these are concerned with performance, so you want to make sure we have enough glycogen stores, and because they are over that sixty to ninety minute events. Um, making sure that the amount of glycogen you have so really like carb loading um this is again for endurance type sports yeah yeah um 
a little bit different compared to when uh, like a powerlifting meet goes all day, but you might have performed for about 10 seconds in total. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Each lift is like a maximum of 10 seconds. So over nine lifts or so 90 seconds of oh, work. Nine and lifts, yeah. Yeah, over a whole day not including warm-ups as well so yeah yeah it's a different type of um definitely a different type of energy system you're trying to deload so again yeah. endurance like pushing back the amount you're doing yes versus um something like uh extreme amounts of burst energy maybe like even, uh, for example would be a sprinter so pulling back the intensity that you run at um and again like even sprinters they wouldn't necessarily run slower as a way of intensity because that's what they need to do and same with lifting is you wouldn't in that week lift slower you just lift less mm -hmm. if that makes sense so less weight but you still lift it fast yeah so yeah so there's other factors that come into it again uh looking at your recovery and how well you're recovering will give you a good indication of whether you're in an optimal state of performance um what else you want to say on that um yeah i think one of the big things is yeah, sometimes coming into an event, um, you might feel like you have to, like you want to reassure yourself of your performance. Um, and that's where, like you're saying, like making lighter weight, not too light, but lighter weight, move well and move fast, like keeping your confidence with it. Um, but you don't want to try and yet yeah, um, replicate uh, meet performance in your training leading up to obviously and I feel like it's quite self-explanatory I guess but yeah in terms of the fatigue going into an event like you're saying with recovery that's where we need to have not just um, like a physical recuperation but making sure you're getting that mental um, which kind of relates into I guess that like nervous system drive and all that kind of stuff um, making sure you're recovered on that sense and especially in sports, most sports in general have that real psychological side to them, um, which can kind of be under undermined a little bit because it's such, obviously sport is a physical act, um, but taking into account the load that training has and the stress that of a competition coming up um, puts on your, like, your, your emotions and your stress systems and just making sure that in that leading up event that you're taking that time out um, and really focusing on that. And that's where imagery and everything kind of comes into it, I think. Yeah, 100%. And um, one thing Olivia touched on there is mindset around it. And if you've had a deload week or you're coming into competition, you can feel like, especially if you're working at a lot lower intensity or volume of what you're used to doing, um, you can almost doubt yourself in that last week and go, God, am I, am I actually going to, like, and what I'm doing right now is going to, this is going to make me perform better on the day and, like, you're tempted to want to go heavier or do more, but you got to realize that the whole point of giving your body that rest but still replicating the movements of what you're actually going to do on the day of performance is so vital to your success on that day. Mm. Like, letting your body feel the movement patterns that you're doing like again i'm specifically talking about uh say for example uh meet where you're in a strength sport powerlifting uh we have three lifts so 
replicating the movement and getting your body used to the movement at a lighter weight, but still moving it fast is really important for coming into that heavy day because yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer that every warm-up set that you do in the gym should replicate your heavy set as well. The only difference is that the fast speed moves differently. Yeah. Yeah, and I found that even with leaning into my um, power to me and like the strongman me, I'm just, I want to kill myself in the gym every day. So when I got my deload program, I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't live like this for a week. This is nothing. Yeah. But you've got to realize that, yeah, you're doing it for a reason. You've worked that hard through your whole prep for this one event. So doing a few extra reps in the gym isn't worth it when that could cost you some kilos on the bar or some reps in strongman on the day. It's just putting it into perspective and knowing that you've earned that deload and you're doing what's right for your body. Yeah, 100%. Um, and if you've got a competitive sport team background, uh, so myself was uh, rugby, played rugby for a long time and boxed for a number of years as well. So the sort of feeling is that you get prior to a game or not as much for a game for me because again you become immune to it after a while mm. kind of get over it but in boxing for me um it was still like every time you st- stepped into the ring with an opponent it's like you get that feeling of like adrenaline kick in this is and that's something that i try to teach anyone that hasn't competed in sport before is actually push them and set themselves a goal to compete in something because the amount of power and strength and mental resilience you find when you're actually in competition mode is far different and far better than anything you may have felt in training before or prior. Mm. Would you agree on that? Yeah, like in the, in my strongman competition, I'd done, it was a deadlift. 110 kilo deadlift. Yeah, for reps in 60 seconds. And I think I'd done 110 in training, I think I got like three and I was like, bloody hell. I was like, oh my God. And that was in a peak week. So in a, so before her DLO week, she had a peak week where we'd peak into the comp weights. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she only got... Yeah, I think I got like three or four, like kind of being a little bit conservative, but it didn't feel great. So I was like, this is... All right, we're going to get three on the day. And then the first heat went before me and this little powerhouse pumped out 20 reps or something or 30 reps at this <laughs> I was like god damn I was, I was gonna get four <laughs> <laughs> so then when I went in and I ended up getting what 13 reps or something like yeah. that so it's just yeah it's that different level so you just gotta kind of trust um trust, trust the trust done, the process but too then and trust your coach it's very different to um yeah how you go on the day yeah and there's a big difference compared to having your coach or a friend or two watch you in the gym lift and go, yeah, good job, compared to a couple hundred people going, come on, get it. Like There's a, there's a big difference of energy there. Yeah, and yeah. If you can tap into that energy on the day, like even though you're so focused on what you're doing, you, get to, you really get to feel. It's like being a, you know, a football game or rugby game where you're sitting in the crowd, like the, the immense feeling of sitting in that crowd combined with that energy compared to sitting in front of your TV at home is very different. And that's why I say to people was what competitions is like versus being in the gym by yourself is that yeah. you do get to tap into another level of strength 
and you find another level you, you learn how to switch up a gear too like stuff that and then when you get back into the gym you learn that stuff that it was hard before becomes easier because you've already got a taste of what it's like just to switch up a gear in your own training mm-hmm. so yeah. and on the point of energy what are your tips for well for you is more like meat so strongman or um powerlifting what's your comp day and even day before nutrition like just like i'm a big believer now more so like i used to focus a lot on my methods for nutrition around bettering body composition like i used to classify myself as a transformation coach and now i can't stand that because (laughs) the more like the sort of well one the sort of people that it attracts um, it attracts people that really just need Oprah, like there's shit that I just can't help them with. I'm not a fucking psychologist. Um, but I'm a big believer in eating and training for performance. And the way I look at it now is that if you eat to perform, you train to perform, your body will be in a better, stronger state and more than likely carry less body fat because you're in peak performance all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, so again, coming back to what we're talking about, <laughs> uh, performance, eating <laughs> for performance. And I always go off track, it's okay. Yeah, so what do you eat on a day? Uh, <laughs> on the so, day of the meet. <laughs> uh, so on the day of the meet, like example was I'd have good breakfast of like probably eight to 12 eggs, a couple hash browns, some sausages, tin of baked beans and some right, sourdough bread. a better bread. question. What are you going to tell your client to have on the day of me? Well, if, I, if I'm my size, I'd tell them to eat what I eat, but <laughs> 95% of my clients aren't nowhere near my size, so yeah. I'd tell them to eat half that. And <laughs> that's an example of where that's kind of, especially for like a powerlifting comp, that's suitable, that's a suitable, like, you can see that there's a bit of fats in there, all that kind of stuff, because again, it's not a you don't really need those those glycogen stores. You don't need that um, that energy without the risk of the hitting the wall phenomenon where you switch to fats and you're going to see a drop in performance. Um, so, like, for example, like when I played netball, Friday night was always pasta night. Like, I, I was like, I need, I need carbs, I need a carb load for this game. Morning was probably, yeah, something like, um, oh, what would I have back in the day? It's probably like toast or some sort of carb again. And then the typical, like, what do you see kids, even at the kid level, we see during halftime, you bring out lollies and oranges and stuff because you gain those quick carbs in. Um, so even things that you don't even think about, it's just natural. There's there's a reason behind it, especially like in those sports, yeah, where there's that high energy output for a sustained period of time. So mm. definitely for any of those kind of longer than... And I reckon they normally say you don't need carbs um, intra-event if it's not pushing that 60 to 90 minutes. But I reckon if you're going for performance and it's anything yeah. above 30 minutes, at more least. you can get in. Like, one of the biggest prime examples is cyclists. Like, they're going on races for hours on end. And they are, yeah. like, even though for the average person it might look like they're only going 60, you know, like below <laughs> 60%, but they are pushing for every second yeah. of that time. And that's probably one of the, and again, triathletes, whether bringing in um, or ultra marathon runners, where yeah. you're having pit stops Carb about to, yeah, all that, and yeah. being able to pull those in. There's actually, um, I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss, and I can't remember his name now, but he was, 
He was the guy that designed all the deaf races and um, like the Spartan races and all that. So he's he's the guy who first started bringing those in. I think the first one he brought him was a twenty-four hour deaf race or something. And he only had about five people end up completing it out of twelve people who decided to sign up for it. But he was saying now um, he was he had just done an endurance race. He'd done three in a week, and he got to the third one, and it was it got to the part um, what was it the swim cycle run is that triathlon yeah 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 so he got off the bike and he went to go start running and he got about halfway into the runners and his body just started breaking down him and someone on the side one of the spectators had a six pack of beer mm-hmm. and he scaled back the beer yeah. and he ended up being able to finish the race carbs. like he was, he was half cut the um but the instant carbs from the yeah. alcohol got him through to the end of the race so that's just an example of yeah how you can use and carbs that's why people are like oh but carbs are bad but it's like no athlete's going to sacrifice performance for oh do you see fat athletes no yeah exactly <laughs> and like how um, many how many athletes that aren't on steroids i should clarify that that swear by keto as their performance go-to now there are there are some that go oh keto's keto's the bomb.com for performance but most of those like if not all those athletes that promote that are on performance enhancement so you can't take that as yeah um, it's physiological that our bodies perform their carbs are the best fuel source yeah well it's the quickest conversion like if you just break it down to physiology in the body that it converts the quickest to energy so why would you not yeah yeah and when i went through kind of my eating disorder i was still a very high competitive athlete at that stage with um like state netball and all that kind of stuff and that's where for me there's a whole lot of other factors going on um in terms of how I was enjoying the sport due to the politics and blah, blah, blah. But my body image became more important in a sense than my performance. So that's when I started restricting calories and carbs, especially because typical um, teenage females terrified of carbs. Um, and yeah, it definitely would have been a performance drop off. Not that I would have particularly took note of it then but looking back I can definitely see um, like differences in fatigue and all that kind of stuff when you're trying to perform and you're not feeling your body especially what it wants and um, yeah you're just going to be pushing against a brick wall yeah that's a good point now if you saw Olivia back then compared to how she looks now she was much bigger stronger it performs just an incredible level of performance now and a good example of that would be how she ate yesterday so we <laughs> gave her a schedule in a high day yesterday oh let her eat pretty much until her heart's content she managed to hit just over four and a half thousand calories <laughs> in um mainly in the afternoon meal which is actually a pretty it's training in the morning <laughs> yeah so she trained she trained three times yesterday and again like there's not many people that train at her level. Um, that's why not people look the way or can get the results she does. Mm. Um, but again, it's always what you put in, you get out and you're always rewarded for it. So the more energy you're expending, this is why you know higher amounts of carbohydrates are better for endurance athletes. And yeah. Um, yeah, the more that you put in, the more you get out. And that comes down to food as well. The more energy you're putting into your training, the more food that you get. And that's why she's able to 
eat a four and a half thousand calorie day and wake up looking leaner the next morning like it's <laughs> pretty incredible um yeah that's, fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much it is there anything else you want to touch on no it's awesome all right thanks for listening guys and i hope you tune in for the next one thanks guys